Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So today we're going to be talking about difficult bosses. Probably something that most of you out there can identify with. I know I've had a few along the way, both for good and for bad. I mean, difficult bosses can come in a variety of different forms, right? You can have the micromanager who's constantly watching over every little thing that you do. You've got the the supervisor that's never around. Uh, and then when something comes up and you need direction or you need approval, then you can never find them. They don't respond. And then you've just got your shady boss who you don't respect. You find them to be dishonest or immoral or just unethical. That's one of the the trickiest ones to deal with because you don't want that to land on you. So those are just a couple we're going to talk about today. I think we'll we'll jump right in with the the micromanager because I, I think that that oftentimes is the most common, especially with new or junior managers, if you have a, a someone that just was promoted or new to leadership. Nowadays, it seems like a lot of organizations, and, and we talked about this a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about being a new manager. There's a lot of organizations out there that require employees to be a manager for a period of time as part of their, their track to move up the ladder. One of the challenges with this is that not everybody's meant to be a manager. Not everybody is meant to lead people. You can be a phenomenal employee and do really great work, but leading people is not a skill that everybody possesses, nor do they want to, and and that should be okay. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works with a lot of organizations. So uh, we as employees sometimes get stuck with one of those managers that's in that position where they want to move up the ladder and in order to do it, they need to manage people and they don't know how to manage their way out of a paper bag, right? So uh, one of the ways they compensate for that is they become the ultimate micromanager because they don't want to mess it up and they want to make sure that they are keeping track of everything that's going on and making sure that things are being done in the manner in which they would like it done. And as a employee of that type of manager, it can be super frustrating because we go to work, we do our job, we're doing our best. And if our boss is constantly checking in with us and interrupting our progress or our process or however it is that we go to do our job, sending us emails, where's this at, let me see it at this stage, let me see it at that stage, it really can be counterproductive, both for the manager and the employee, right? You're trying to get something done on deadline and someone keeps checking in, wanting to see the status, adding two cents, changing the happy to glads, you know, put a comma here, put a new paragraph there. It really builds resentment and feeling of distrust that, hey, this person just isn't trusting me to do my job. They've now become my boss and they want to nitpick every little thing that I'm doing. And that's not a healthy boss-employee relationship. So to 
really kind of get around this, the best thing that I've found for that type of a manager, especially if it's a new manager, they may not even realize that they're doing it. They're trying to dazzle their bosses as a new manager. They're trying to set a good example. They're trying to really set themselves apart. And they're forgetting the fact that you've been working and you've been doing a good job all along. And perhaps they just don't know how you work. Perhaps they need to work with you for a little bit and get a feel for how your writing skills are or your time management and those types of things so that they can be comfortable with the way you work and then they'll ease off a bit. So you might cut them a little slack for as long as you can. You know, obviously you don't want to let it go a year where you're pulling your hair out and just want to quit your job, which you otherwise loved until you had this micromanaging supervisor. But you also might sit down and talk to them. Say it's been a month or so and, and it's not changing. They seem to be pleased with your performance. They seem to be happy with the, the products that you're producing. And sit down with them and say, hey, you know, I noticed that you are very involved at every step of the way. And if that's what makes you comfortable, I, I can understand that. But at the same time, it's very difficult for me to do my job in a timely manner without stress if you are often checking in on me. Or, and this is where it kind of depends on their temperament, right? I mean, we all work with people that are hot-headed or impatient or very thin-skinned. If you've got a thin-skinned manager who is micromanaging you, you're going to need to be delicate about the conversation that you have and turn it around and say, you know, I really want to make you look good and I've been working with you now for X number of days, weeks, months and I'm noticing that you want to be involved at every step of the way. Is there a way that we can come up with uh an arrangement of how I can be providing you updates that are not impacting my workflow because I really don't want to set you back on time because I'm stopping what I'm doing to provide you updates when I could be keeping things on track. So how can I help you? And if you turn it around and make it sound like you are really looking out for their best interest, then that will go further than saying, you're making me crazy, you need to stop checking on me every five minutes. I know how to do my job. So that's obviously not going to be your, your best approach. Sometimes this is difficult because we get really frustrated and then we lose our temper. But I would encourage you to take a minute before you send that email and consider the type of temperament and the type of personality that that manager has and really kind of address the, the conversation with them on how you can be most successful. And like I said, they may not even know that they're doing it. They may not even realize it. Um, so you might talk to them about it that way and say, you know, I'm not sure if you are aware, but I am driving towards this deadline and trying to get it done because I want to make sure that, that you have your, your deliverable in time for wherever you need to take it. But it's, it's slowing me down when we're, we're checking in at all of these incremental stops. Could we perhaps meet weekly or meet quarterly or meet every other day or however it is that they would feel comfortable to go over your product for the entire day, but at least give you a few hours to actually do some work. 
rather than emailing you every hour to check in on how things are going because that's really impeding the progress. Hopefully that will go well and they will understand that it's in their best interest to give you a little bit of rope. There are some people that are going to micromanage you until the time they're not your manager anymore and that's just their style and that'll be something you'll have to come to terms with if it's something you can live with. Hopefully, as they get to know you, they might back off a little bit. There are lots of people that do that once they build that trust, but there are also others out there that just never will. That's just their style. In that case, it's tricky, right? I mean, this is your boss. This is your job. What do you do? Do you want to get a whole new job because your boss is driving you crazy and probably will be for a while? I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of different approaches there. You can really bust your butt and help them get recognized and hopefully move further up the chain and then they'll micromanage somebody else. You could look to align yourself with another supervisor perhaps and maybe just as an unofficial mentor, something along those lines. And you might talk to to some of your colleagues and ask around subtly, of course, and, and, you know, quietly about whether or not this manager is doing that with everyone. Perhaps it's just a personality thing between you and that supervisor. For some reason, they may have the idea that they can't trust you and they need to micromanage you. And that would be something that you should be able to correct if you are doing the job that they expect you to do. Perhaps you need to come together and get on the same page about what their expectations are because for some reason you may not be meeting them. And it may be totally on accident, something you don't realize. And if it's something where you just work differently and it's a different personality, then you know some of that's on you to make sure you take ownership of the fact that you are not meeting the guidelines and the objectives of your supervisor. Um, you know, we're, we're unfortunately as employees, we all have a boss and not all of them are going to be of the same mind. And sometimes you just got to do what the boss says you got to do, whether we like it or not, provided obviously it's not doing anything shady or illegal. And we'll talk to, talk to that type of manager here in a bit. Dealing with a micromanager can be really frustrating. Take a deep breath. Try to consider where they're coming from. Think about their experience and and why this might be happening. Ask around and find out if it's just between you and them, if that's just their style, and see if you can't sit down and talk to them a little bit and come up with some kind of arrangement where you both might be comfortable, some kind of a compromise where you can be reporting out a little bit more frequently and they will feel comfortable knowing where things are at and hopefully over time that will develop such that they'll have more and more trust for you that they'll give you a little bit more rope. So the opposite to this is the boss that's never around. Never had one of these where they come, they're new to your team, they tell you their expectations and then suddenly they're just gone. They don't answer email, they're never in their office, You have no idea what they do all day or where they are. They're always in meetings or appointments or wherever they are. And you've got the type of job where you need to check in with them. Or you're just the type of employee who's used to having to check in. Maybe you had a micromanager before that you got along with really well. And now you've got this boss that's just never there. And you are constantly 
getting stalled out on what you're doing because you can't track this person down. That can be really frustrating. You know, I've, I've had jobs where you were waiting around for feedback or approvals on things and there's other people, perhaps your employees are, are bugging you, asking questions, and it, it puts you in a tricky spot because you don't have the power to move forward without these approvals and you can't find the person to give you the approvals. So do you go out on a limb and take the initiative? Perhaps. Do you go over their head and say, hey, I can never find this person? Perhaps. Both of those sound a little risky to me and could be detrimental to your career in general. Uh, You risk getting in trouble because now you have no overhead coverage because you've gone out on a limb and taken a risk. Could pay off big time. They could say, this is great. The initiative that you took is fantastic. But again, that's kind of a 50-50 chance, I think, right? So you have to kind of decide where you are in your career, where you are in your organization, if you want to take that chance. Going over their head, obviously breaking chain of command, whether you're in any kind of industry, can definitely be a game changer for your career. Um, You tick off your boss you upset their boss because now they have to step in and it just becomes complicated and a political nightmare with with making sure that everybody continues to play nice after that. So similar to a micromanager, you might sit down with this person assuming you can get a meeting invite to get accepted and sit down with them and get 15 minutes of their time to say, look, I am happy to do my job. I am happy to take the initiative to do X, Y, and Z if you're busy, but I am really struggling right now because on occasions A, B, and C, I couldn't move forward because I couldn't track you down. And I'm not trying to manage your calendar, but maybe we could set up a regular meeting where I could get approvals every Thursday or every afternoon at two o'clock or however you need them so that you have something set on the calendar and hopefully they would honor that. You know, if you're talking to them explaining that this is where I'm at and I, I, we kind of need this to keep us moving forward and demonstrate to them in your explanation that it's also in their best interest. Now, I'm not suggesting you threaten them and say, if you don't do this, you're going to get screwed and you're going to get fired too. I'm simply suggesting that if you can illustrate to them that you getting things done in a timely manner and meeting your deadlines and and avoiding any delays in the work that you're working on is going to reflect well on them and further up the chain right so you want to you want to demonstrate while it's in their best interest to kind of be dialed in a little bit or perhaps they want to give you the power to take the initiative how awesome would that be right i mean now they've just given you more responsibility which in theory should help develop your career. If that's the way they go, CYA, 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 cover your ass. Every email you get, you should be keeping from that boss. Because if it's outside of your regular duties or outside of your regular roles and responsibilities, you want to make sure that you're covered. Should somebody else come by and say, why are you doing this? That's so-and-so's job. You want to make sure that you have it documented. And the way I do that after you have in-person meetings 
is we send a follow-up email to that person and say, hey, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, just wanted to confirm the, the few things that we talked about. Just wanted to let you know, starting tomorrow, I will be doing this, this, and this based on our discussion in your direction. If at any time this should change or you should feel like you want to discuss a different arrangement, please let me know and we can set another time to have a meeting. Send it out there. Hopefully you'll get some kind of response to them, but most emails nowadays use Outlook and you've got your, your confirm receipt. You can put the confirm receipt on something like that and then you make sure that they've gotten the email, right? So then if their boss's boss comes by and says, why are you signing off on these things? You can say, look, I met with my boss. He's really swamped right now for whatever reason. And he designated me to take care of this, said that I was capable and, and responsible enough to do this, so he asked me to take it. I have an email if you'd like to follow up on it. I'm happy to send you the, the, the email chain of what's going on and where we're at. And then that's off your plate. There might be some repercussions of it. You know, I, I don't know if that boss will be ticked off because the other boss is being lazy and, and kind of holler at you a little bit, and you may have to take some grumpiness or frustration listening to them, but ultimately, you've documented that your boss gave you permission to do what you're doing. So technically, you should not get in trouble for that. Obviously, if it's something that you are not legally allowed to do, you know, I'm not talking about if you're an engineer signing off on designs or if you're a doctor signing off on whatever. The, I'm talking about just general stuff. If you are capable of doing it and don't require some kind of certification or training or license to do what it is they're asking you to do, that should not be a problem. The other problem with that boss that's never around, you may not be able to get them to the table to meet with them. You may not be able to nail them down to give you the permission. They may say, oh, no, no, I, I, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Just send it to me and I'll take care of it. And they may just string you along and along and along, and this may be a long-term thing. I've had bosses like this, and it lasts for a long time, and it's very frustrating. And again, CYA. Everything you do with that boss should be documented and send regular emails checking in, save copies of all of that so that when things are really going sideways and things have gotten behind or approvals have fallen through or say, business travel hasn't happened or expenses haven't been approved, whatever it is that you're doing, you have a documented email trail of everything that's gone on that demonstrates that you have been chasing this person down for weeks, days, months, years, whatever it is. And take notes, get a notebook, write the dates down so that you have all of those examples so that if you should get hauled in by HR or your boss's boss or whomever it is that will that will uh, come after you for not getting your job done, you can say, look, I have tried and tried. I tried to set a meeting. They didn't show up. Now, the next thing you can do is go above their head. And if you're getting to the point where you've got pages and pages of documentation of things going wrong in your job and it's starting to really affect how you can be efficient and effective in your position, then you need to talk to somebody. Maybe it is a, a peer of your boss 
that you can talk to confidentially. Maybe it's someone further up in their chain that you can talk to confidentially. If there's somebody that you are friendly with that you can sit down and say, look, I don't know if something's going on with this person. Perhaps they're having family trouble, right? And or something outside of work, they're having health issues that they're not communicating back in. There could be a real legitimate reason why they are so scarce, but it's gotten to the point now where it's really affecting your job and you don't want to get them in trouble. You don't want to see them have problem because they are a good person or whatever. You can you can spin that story in a very positive manner of just being concerned for this person. They are my boss. I need them to do this. I've been sending them emails for weeks. I haven't been able to get on their calendar. Perhaps they just have way too much on their plate. So follow up and see if you can't tactfully and in a supportive way Try to find out what's going on there. This obviously is risky because if you go over their head, they're going to get upset. That is a possibility. But if it's not the first week that you haven't been able to get in touch with them. You know, I'm not suggesting, oh, well, we had a meeting on Friday, they blew it off, and then I didn't hear from them on Monday, so you go to their boss on Tuesday. That's really not cool. I mean, if if that's the way you choose to play it, that's the way you choose to play it. But I, I would say that... It, you need to look at the track record, right? If they're if they're almost always around and they're suddenly not around, then maybe there's something going on and stop by their office and be like, hey, you're always around and, and, and you blew me off on Friday. Did we have a miscommunication or something along those lines? But if we're talking about someone that is chronically absent or not good with email or doesn't show up to meetings, those are the type of people. Give them a little bit of rope and then... Like I said, if your your job is really starting to suffer because of this, then that's probably the time when you need to go above their head and talk to somebody and find out what's really going on. But again, document it. Email it. Write down the dates. Confirm what the meeting is about in your email invite. Document everything. So that way, if they go to HR to complain that someone's out to get them, you can have a clear demonstration of, you weren't out to get them. You were concerned because it's a pattern of behavior that is not normal or it's a pattern of behavior that's really affecting your ability to do your job and you're expected to do your job. Do you want to get to the end of the year when you're doing your performance assessment and find out that you fell short of half of your goals, you're not getting bonuses, you're not getting raises, you're, you're getting put on performance review all of those things and it was all out of your control because you were dependent upon this person that didn't provide what they needed to so that you could do your job. You want documentation of all of that and you don't want to let it go too far. You don't want to go, let it go too long. You don't want to go a year and get to that performance and have your boss or someone further up say, well, why didn't you talk to somebody? Because at that point, you should have talked to somebody about it, right? If it's seen... If it is significantly impacting your ability to do your job, then it's your responsibility to reach out to somebody about that. Because at that point, then it's on you because you're not doing your job. You're allowing somebody else. And again, politics are tricky there, so you have to kind of dance around it. It is not a fun conversation to have, and it will be stressful and probably make things a little uncomfortable around the office for a little while but in the long run you have to look out for you so you need to cover your butt and reach out to somebody that can help advocate for you and 
figure out either A, why this person's not doing their job, or B, get you somebody that will so that you can continue to grow in your career. And the last type that we'll talk about is the shady or unethical boss. So this one's the trickiest one, I think, because a lot of that is up to the eye of the beholder. What you find to be shady and unethical, other people may be a little bit less stressed about. Everybody kind of has their sliding scale of what they're willing and unwilling to do. Me, I tend to be pretty black and white. If it's legal, it's legal. If it's not, it's not. But there's a difference between what's legal and what is ethical. And there's a whole gray area there. So if you've got a boss that is asking you maybe to steal work from some other team or kind of sidestep the rules to get the best time on the conference room or things like that. It could be something as simple as stealing coffee from the break room, right? I mean, there's a ton of ways that employees can be unethical. If you have a boss that's asking you to do things that you shouldn't be doing, first of all, Determine if you can politely say, I'm just not comfortable doing that. If that's how you choose to do things, that's totally up to you, but I'm not comfortable doing that, so I would like to continue doing it this way. For instance, I used to travel a lot internationally, and it was always interesting to hear how different organizations and companies handle per diem and how they pay their employees for food and lodging and things like that when they go on travel. There are different rates for domestic travel and international travel. There are companies that pay actual prices. So if you bring them a receipt, they'll just pay you for the exact amount that you you spent. There are other organizations that pay you a standard flat rate that you can find online, like the government has a, a flat standard per diem rate for every city, state, country. So there are a lot of different ways that companies can pay their employee for things like that. And there are a lot of rules associated with those rates. And as an employee, it's incumbent upon you to understand the rules and submit your receipts, submit your expenses, however, have been defined by the rules of that organization. Well, as I'm sure you can imagine, there are tons and tons of ways to cheat those systems. Tons of ways. And I... I, I heard tons of ways while I was on travel working with different people. Oh, well, you can get this paid for if you do this. You can get that paid if you do that. And frankly, in my opinion, getting paid to eat somewhere when I'm on travel seemed like a really cool gift in and of itself to try and figure out how to get an extra soda or uh, have them pay for my beer really seemed kind of ungrateful because getting paid for my dinner in of itself seemed like a really good perk. I mean, I was already getting a salary and now you're going to pay for my dinner too? Okay. I mean, back home I have to pay for groceries. No one's paying for my groceries at home. And I get it. I mean, for the most part, early on I was young and single. I mean, but I have a bowl of cereal over the sink at home. So to go out to dinner all the time was... It was a pretty big perk. There's other people that are away from their families and and 
their wives and their husbands. And, and I understand that sometimes folks feel entitled to that because of the inconvenience of having to be away from their home. But at the end of the day, you are being given an allowance for your food and your lodging when you're on travel. And it is up to you to understand the rules of what is allowed and what is not and stay within those rules. And again, in my opinion, they were pretty generous, the rules. I mean, I I never went to any country or state where I was not able to find a meal that was within the cost that was allotted to me. That's just a really good example of how you can be shady. Is it stealing, in my opinion? Yeah, I think it kind of is. Is it breaking the law? I, I, I guess, again, it depends on where you're working. Um, if you're working in government, I, I'm not sure if it's a law that the rules are, but it's certainly unethical. If you're working in corporate, again, probably unethical if you're, you're cheating the system when you're on travel. And this is just, I mean, that's the, the, the low-hanging fruit example that I can come up with in my head with ways that you can cheat. And if you're traveling with a boss and the boss is showing you how to cheat the system, get more money out of your organization, you might just say, I, you know, I don't really need to do that. I, I, I had plenty to cover my meal tonight. I'm fine. That's, that's how I'll handle it. If you're with your boss and they are suggesting that you can game the system to get more money on a trip or you know, get better work from another team, those kinds of things. If they're suggesting that kind of behavior, I would say that your first action would be try to sidestep it. If you are uncomfortable with anything they're asking you to do or suggesting that you could do, try to just sidestep and say, oh, that's good to know, that's good to know. And if they're not approving things or not seeing things, then just do it the right way and submit it. You don't have to call them out and make them feel embarrassed that, oh, you're such an unethical person. I would never do that. What's wrong with you? Probably not the best approach. If they are going to be seeing what decision you ultimately make, you might just say, I'm really not, I'm really not comfortable with that. If they're going to be seeing what decision you made based on approvals, if they have to uh, sign off on your expenses or something like that, you might just say, I'm not really comfortable with that. I had plenty to cover my meal. I'm good with that. I make a good salary. However you want to however you want to couch it, but short and sweet is probably best without long explanations because again, you don't want to make them feel like they've just been judged. I kind of think that most people know when they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. And oftentimes, when someone's doing something they shouldn't be doing, I feel like they either wanted to totally slip under the radar or they want other people to be doing it too so they don't feel as bad. They can justify it, right? They can say, oh, well, I'm not the only one that does it because I mentioned it to so-and-so and they're doing it that way too. So kind of misery loves company. It's kind of along that same line, right? If, if someone's doing something shady, it makes them feel better to have someone else doing it because then they don't feel like they're the only ones breaking the rules. And hey, maybe if other people are doing it this way too, then it's really not that bad. And perhaps that shouldn't be a rule anyway because that's just stupid. If we're all doing it this way, then that's the way we should do it. If they are forcing you to do something or making it very difficult for you not or 
for whatever reason, if you say that you're not going to do something unethical or shady that they encourage you to do or recommend that you do or suggest that you do, and you start seeing a pattern of retaliation, you know, perhaps you don't get to go on the good trips or perhaps you don't get the good projects anymore, or you're starting to see that there is something going on with respect to the relationship that you have with this person, this supervisor, because you don't choose to live in their world of, you know, gray areas. That's when you need to really pay close attention. I would suggest, again, I'm all about the CYA. The very first time that someone suggests to you that you should do something that isn't completely above board, make a note of it. I'm not saying that you need to submit it to HR, call their boss. I'm not suggesting any of that. I'm suggesting that you write it down in your notebook. You have a file at home. Write it down at home. Just keep track of it the day, when it was, what went on, and the details of it. Because nothing may come of it for months or maybe a year. And then something may come up, something similar and you can't quite remember the details or what it was, then you can go back and look in your notes and say, oh, gosh, you know, this happened last year too, and write that down again. And then maybe it doesn't happen again for a couple months. But now you're starting to see a pattern, and you've got the notes behind it. And now you're starting to see that your projects are changing or your performance rating is changing, and you're starting to notice a pattern because you have basically told this person that what you think they're doing is wrong. You may not have come right out and said it, but they're not stupid. If you if you set yourself apart as someone that has ethics and scruples and, and are a goody two-shoes, if you will, then they're going to get a little sensitive to that because that forces them to look at what they're doing. There may be repercussions of that. So you want to have these things documented. So if further down the road, this should really start to impact your your job or your performance rating or your salary or your advancement, you want to make sure that you have documentation of this. Not to mention that you're on this person's team. And what if you're the only person who's not cheating the system and everybody else on the team is or several of the people on the team are because they feel intimidated by this person or for whatever reason, right? And then your team comes under investigation or they do a organizational reorganization or the big boss comes in and says we're, we're cleaning things up because your team is shady. You want to have documentation of how you did not participate in that because you want to be the one that doesn't get in trouble or doesn't get fined or doesn't get fired. You know, there, there could be serious ramifications for their actions and you want to make sure that your shop is clean. You want to make sure that you've got evidence to back up the fact that you did not participate in whatever that was going on. So it's in your best interest to document these things as they're happening. I would suggest that you keep that document at home, on a home computer or a notebook at home, and write it down at home because, you know, you, you don't want to be that person sitting in your office taking notes about all of your coworkers. Probably not the best idea. You leave it there overnight sometimes, someone goes snooping, you never know. Plus, you go home, you sit down, you collect your thoughts, you document what happened, and you keep it there. And then if something comes of it all, then you can bring that notebook in. Maybe you have to meet with the HR, maybe you have to meet with the legal department. Who knows what it is that happens? But 
you've got your documentation and you've got your information. And if they ask you questions, it isn't about, oh, I remember something happened, but I don't remember exactly when or where. It seemed kind of odd, but no. You have hard data on this day at this time. We were here. These are the people that were there, and this is what transpired, and this is what I did about it. On this day, this is what happened, and this is what I did about it. And if you can bring that document in and have open it up and, and demonstrate that you know, you, you've kept very good records about this, you will be much more credible than someone that is scratching their head trying to recall facts from a month, six months, six years ago. Who knows when it'll come up? If it doesn't go to that level, you know, perhaps you're just finding out that you and your boss are not really seeing eye to eye and you think it is because he's kind of shady and you're not willing to play. You might consider talking to him about it. If it's something simple or something small, once again, set a meeting and say, I'm a little uncomfortable with this. I feel like you might be disappointed in me because I wasn't willing to do whatever it is they asked you to do. Or I feel like I might not be getting the work. Am I totally off base here? And chances are they'll probably tell you you're crazy. That's not happening. You could also say, I am feeling like I'm not getting the good work anymore. Is there something that I've done? Has my performance changed? Uh, is there something more you want to see from me? Leave that part of it completely out and see if you can tease the topics out of your supervisor for why they are changing what your role is. It may have nothing to do with the fact that they're shady and you refuse to be. It may be for some reason they're perceiving that you're not capable of doing this work or for some reason you're not interested in doing this project. Perhaps it's just a simple communication thing. So, you know, always go to the supervisor first and sit down with them and, and try to talk to them. But the key there is, again, it's all about how you ask them. It needs to be in their best interest. You know, I feel like I am not meeting your expectations lately. I'm not getting projects X, Y, and Z. What can I be doing to better improve my performance? You know, it's all about the I statements and what you are doing as opposed to going in there and saying, well, I noticed that you don't want me to do any of this stuff anymore and you just seem like you'd be sending me on these garbage trips and you keep giving me this work. No, you can't do that, right? Because they're going to feel attacked. They're going to feel nasty. And of course, they're going to go to the place of, uh, no, it's all your fault. It's not me. How dare you come to my office and, and, and point those fingers at me, right? So if you go in and talk about how you can uh, work harder or adjust your, your schedule or whatever it may be to better suit the needs of the job, and obviously you want to be clear about that. You didn't go in there to kiss their butt and get wrapped around their finger to do whatever it is they want you to do. You're going in there for the betterment of your job, okay? You want to make sure that you and your supervisor are on the same page, shady or not, because shady people are sneaky. So you have to be careful about when you go in there and say, look, I was moving along. I was doing very well. I felt like I was making good progress in my career, and for whatever reason, it seems like things have slowed down. Have you seen a, a change in my performance that I can... Uh, make adjustments to to improve my situation? Is there some training I should be looking at taking? Do you feel like my skills and area 
whatever are are lacking and is that something that I can take a class in or take a training or shadow somebody else should I find a mentor should I find a coach what can I do to get myself back on track because I feel like somehow I've shifted a little bit and I don't want to lose traction okay so that's you being proactive and taking control of your career and making sure that it continues to move in the way that you want it to and they may come back and say I don't know what you're talking about. Seem to be doing just fine work. That's fine too. You'll see it in your performance assessment and hopefully it does reflect that. But again, go back to your desk after that meeting, document it on email, send them a follow-up note. Thank you so much for meeting with me. I really appreciate you taking the time. What I understood out of that message or what I understood out of that meeting was... A, B, and C, I will continue to do this as you suggested. I will work on that as you suggested. And we'll meet again whenever to follow up and and do an update or a status check on how I'm improving based on our discussion, right? Because now you've got it documented. Do that return receipt thing. And you've got it documented that you met with them, that you took a proactive approach to this. So look, I can't guarantee that all of these types of managers having conversations with them or doing doing these things is going to be the cure-all. I mean, obviously, people's temperaments and personalities and all of that definitely come into play here. And there are the one-offs that are just going to make your life a living hell. And unfortunately, that just happens. Sometimes you get matched up with a boss and you just don't mesh. For whatever reason, they don't like you, they don't trust you, they don't want to be a boss, they don't want to be be a supervisor of anybody, so it's not you. There's just situations out there that can't be rectified by a conversation. But many, many of them can. And holding people accountable for their actions, both managing up and managing down, is key. Sending those emails and checking in and being consistent in your behavior and making sure that what you're doing is checking all of the boxes of your responsibility, right? You can't control what they do, but you certainly can control how you handle things. And if you handle them professionally and constructively and are consistent and keeping track of what's going on, following up with them, That can only improve your chances of having a good relationship with your supervisor, regardless of their type, if they're micromanagers or never around or shady. It really is up to you to make sure you define how that relationship is going to go and keeping up on it. You know, if you go in there and say to one of your managers, let's set this up where we come every week and we meet and then you start falling off on it, well, now it's kind of on you because you went and you asked to develop this relationship in such a way and then you falling down on how you should be doing things. So you want to make sure that you're ready and prepared to really do what it takes to make sure you can build that relationship. So make sure you document everything. Keep track of your conversations Document everything with emails to follow up for all of your meetings with your supervisors. 
keeping track of everything that they they directed you to do or directed you not to do, and then keep your notes at home for anything that goes on that you might want to draw from in the future. If things go sideways and you want to make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row, you'll have your notes that you have at home, you'll have your email trail that you've got from, um, from confirming with your supervisor, and, you know, if you think that it's really shady and those emails will disappear, print them out. Print copies of them. Save them that way. However you think you need to work in order to cover your butt should something happen. Because ultimately it's your career and you're in charge of it. So with that, good luck with all of your bosses, however they may be. I hope that most of you have some really cool people out there. I know I've worked with some awesome managers, so I know they're out there. And I hope that if your bosses aren't awesome right now, you're able to have conversations with them and develop a relationship that is going to be productive and pleasant for both sides. Have a great week. All right, so thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.